dear friends in Christ. As I mentioned to the, the children this morning, life is full of choices. Choices uh, surround us every day. Some have very long-lasting consequences to ourselves and to those people around us. This past Tuesday, we, most of us, uh, adults, uh, exercised one of those uh, times in our life when we make a lot of choices concerning who we are going to vote for at various levels of our government. What a wonderful thing that is, freedom to choose who will lead us. Commercials for these last weeks and months have tried to convince us that, that we should choose a certain person for a particular job. Oh, how different it would be if we were forced in one way or another by the government to vote for a certain candidate, as has happened in history in various countries, when the government kind of peeks over your shoulder and, and wants to know who you're voting for. In the same way, we are thankful that we are not forced by God, we could say, to vote for him, to follow him, to live for him. God has no police force that comes and grabs us by the neck and says, you must read your Bible. You must go to church. No, that doesn't happen. When God created man and woman, Men and women were superior to the other creatures of this world, and he gave man the power and the privilege of choice. He will not force us to accept him as our Lord and Savior. That's not the kind of God he is. Just like we can't force or pressure our kids to love us as parents, we hope they do but we're not going to force them to do that. Then it would be fake kind of love. But with the privilege of choice comes the important responsibility of living with the results and the consequences of our choices. Making the right choices when it comes to our spiritual life is of great importance, for the consequences are profound. It's not like choosing Coke or Pepsi when we go out to eat. It's not like choosing between wearing a red tie or a blue tie. We're talking today about choices that, uh, that affect our, our whole life and the lives of other people. While it's important and we take seriously the choosing of a new governor or a new senator, the choice we make between God and the other gods of this world affect our eternal destiny. So what kind of choices are we called to make then in the spiritual realm of life? First, and for confirmants taking notes, there are three points today. And this is the first. The first thing we do in, in making choices is to be concerned about letting God reign in our lives over everything else. In our lesson today, Joshua stands up in front of the people of Israel before he dies and reflects on God's goodness to them. And though they had rebelled numerous times against God,
God showed his grace and provided them with a beautiful land and promised them his care and forgiveness and abiding love. He stands up and he looks them right in the eyes and he says to them, Choose you this day who you will serve, the gods beyond the river or the true God. There is no middle ground. Often we hear about two siblings that grow up in the same home, in the same environment with the same parents, and turn out completely different. One may grow up to be a respected leader in his or her field, and the other sibling goes the other direction, and sometimes even ends up in jail. What happened? They grew up in the same house. They're siblings. The bottom line, you see, is that they made different choices along the way. History tells us that Joseph Stalin went to school at a church school. And when he became the right age, he entered into seminary even to become a priest. But during the time he was at seminary, Instead of reading the assigned readings from the Bible and other theological works, he began reading books about revolution. And one thing led to another. He made the wrong choice, and millions of Russians suffered because of that choice. We all have choices to make that will affect dramatically the way our life is played out on this earth and where we will spend eternity. The question I have to ask myself sometimes, and maybe you do too, is am I trying to be personally in control of my life? Or have I cast my vote for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who desires to sit on the throne of my life? Have I made that choice? Or is it kind of fuzzy? Have you been acting as your own defense attorney? Or have you called upon Christ to declare your innocence before the throne because of the work he did for us on the cross? You see, God is not like some politicians. He doesn't change his view on things after the election. No, his promises to us, his children, are true and faithful, and he will do what he has promised forever and ever. We can trust him. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Someone you can trust or someone who changes with the wind. That's our choice today. So who's reigning in your life? That's the first thing we need to think about today as we talk about choices. Secondly, we are asked to choose between life and death. In Deuteronomy, God says to the Israelites and to even his people here today, he says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life 
so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listening to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, it says. Well, you see, when we choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we choose life. For those two things are bonded together. When we say, Lord, I want you on the throne of my life, that abundant life that he promises comes along with it. Life in this context refers to all that makes life rich and full and productive as God created it to be in the first place. Jesus refers to this in Matthew 7 where he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Some years ago when we had water over Broad Street here, and they were saying it's dangerous, I think I thought of that verse, that, that broad is the road that leads to destruction. But that road is wide, and many people are on that road. But Jesus calls us to choose life, choose that narrow road that leads to, not destruction, but life. You know, many of us have been going north these last weeks, and there's been a narrowing of the interstate about Ellsworth. There are other places where not only is it a narrowing of a road, but it says detour. And we are tempted, and I know I am sometimes, when we look past the detour signs and the road ahead looks okay, and we're almost tempted to go around the detour signs and keep going straight because we don't want to take the extra time to go on the detour. When the way up ahead in life also looks good, We are tempted to think that God's warnings, God's detour signs, aren't very important. And we're tempted just to go around his warnings and go straight ahead. But these words in Matthew remind us that that the temptations of this world to go around the warning signs will lead to destruction. So Jesus says, choose the right road. Choose life. And then thirdly, our Lord asks us to choose his wisdom. He says in Psalm 8, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than gold. And then in Proverbs 3, we find these words. My son, do not forget my teaching." But keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Some of you may have had that as your confirmation verse. When President McKinley took the oath of office as President of the United States, 
he had already opened the Bible ahead of time to a particular verse. And after he took the oath, he bent down and he kissed the page of the Bible where was found these words. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people that are so great. He was deeply conscious of his responsibility and also felt his need for divine assistance, for God's wisdom. Do we do the same? Do we ask for God's wisdom when we have great responsibility from day to day? You know, we must pray, and I hope you do for our political leaders, whether we voted for them or not, we need to be praying for them that they might ask for God's wisdom to fulfill their duties. We must pray that his wisdom will permeate the far reaches of our minds and hearts as well. We must continually ask for that wisdom because Satan's working hard to confuse us and tempt us to follow the wisdom of this world. And there's a lot of that type of wisdom floating around these days. Only as we seek his wisdom will we be able to make the right choices in life. Well, today we've said a lot about choosing. Choosing to follow him, choosing to put him on the throne of our life, choosing the abundant life, choosing his wisdom, and the list could go on. But we cannot forget that before we chose God, God chose us. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Second Thessalonians 2 says, But we ought, all, we ought always to thank God for you, brethren, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. God chose us. In other words, God knew you even before you had any knowledge of him. And he chose us by his grace to be his children. He knew what the result of our response to his great love would be, even before we opened the door of our hearts to him. He knew what our answer would be to that calling to choose him or some other God. You know, most people running for some political office, especially those that are statewide or, or uh, federal offices, have campaign managers. And they place these campaign managers in different places. I had one stop uh, a couple weeks ago out in front here and wanted to put up some signs. And I said, no, we're not going to put up signs on the church lawn. But he said, I'm responsible for Story City. And I said, well, that's fine. And I'm glad you're doing your job. Well, have you ever thought of yourself as a campaign manager in charge of your home, your workplace, your neighborhood? You may not be putting up signs, but God has called you to campaign for him, to choose him first in a personal way, but then choose 
to serve him by being his manager for the area of responsibility that he has given you. You know, I came across um, an illustration about how powerful it is when we make the right choices and, and, and ask for wisdom when we pray each and every day. Prayers are not allowed during the proceedings of the United Nations General Assembly or of the Security Council. But the story is told that once a prayer was sneaked in to the ballot box that the Security Council uses when they vote on an issue. It had been written by the metal worker who put the box together in the first place. And when the Security Council members were going to take a vote First, they opened the box. They saw this piece of paper in there, and someone took it out, and it said, I am the, the, the metal worker who created this box, and this is my prayer, it said. May I, who had the privilege of making this ballot box, cast the first vote. May God be with every member of the United Nations organization. And through your efforts, bring peace to us throughout the whole world. He was asking for God to give the members of that council wisdom to make the right choices. Do we pray prayers like that? Lord, today I've got some decisions to make. I have to make some choices. Some are just small, but some are pretty big. And I need your wisdom. Otherwise, I don't know if I can make the best decision. So our prayer, first of all, is that God would bless our elected officials and to continue to choose them wisely. But we also need to pray that God would also get our vote as the one who sits on the throne of our lives. May we choose him as our ultimate leader. You know, there are some here today that maybe have never made that conscious decision to let God be on the throne of their life. Today may be the day that you ask not only for his wisdom, but for his presence and power each and every day in your life. And I hope that if you, you pray that today, as we will in just a moment, that you'll tell someone else about it so we can share in that joy. May God be the King of kings and Lord of lords in your life and be your ultimate leader. Choose him today. Choose life. Let's pray. Oh Lord, in the quietness of this sanctuary, we're glad that you have given us those words again today because life gets so busy and sometimes we're on the throne or other things are on the throne of our lives and we pray today that we may make that conscious effort to say those words, Lord, forgive me for putting other things in control of my life. I want you there. I want life, not death, and I need your wisdom to make that decision and so many other decisions in front of me today. 
O Lord, come into my life. Allow me to open that door of my heart, a door that is so important that it will affect my eternal destiny. Lord, reconfirm our commitment to you today. And if we haven't made that commitment before, allow us to ask you to do that for the first time and to know that we are saved, that we are secure in our relationship with you. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives today and in the days to come. In your name, amen.